Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Did you, were you scheduled? I'm spilling now? Fuck. <laughs> uh, I had a Wednesday morning piece and uh, they, wanted, they just bumped it up by 36 hours to immediate. You didn't have a towel here. Why don't I have a towel? Of course you do. You got lotion there too, boy? Yeah. This is a Brawl Network production. Really been, been able to develop a strong hatred for one another. This is the Brawl Pro Podcast. To be clear, I like Gary. Oh, okay. Here are your hosts, Brent Sibleski, Gary Davenport, and Brad Gagnon. Uh, episode number three of the Brawl Pro podcast. Gary Davenport, Brent Sobleski, Brad Gagnon just spilled beer all over himself. It's been a long evening. We're recording this on Monday evening, and the Dak Prescott news broke. Uh, I was uh, given that assignment at Bleacher Report, and so I rushed to get that done. I delayed the guys. I've been uh, ripping around my place trying to get my internet better because that was that hasn't been great the first couple episodes. So I wasn't going to join Sobo in a beer tonight, but then I cracked a Mill Street Organic from right here in uh, in, in Toronto, Canada, and uh, I'm now enjoying one of those. It looks like Sobo with a, uh, a dude uh, glass is already deep into some chocolatey looking dark beverage, which I'm sure he can elaborate on when we have our beer chat but before that i mean there's there's so much it starts with well, you know what the texas quarterbacks Dak prescott with dallas the deshaun watson uh, um the saga will continue we'll, we'll probably discuss the, the dynamics there and how he becomes the forefront essentially of possible possibly available quarterbacks aside from maybe russell wilson now that Dak Prescott is indeed going to remain with the Dallas Cowboys in 2021 and likely far beyond that on a four-year $160 million contract extension, $126 million of that guaranteed um, to remain there. So take Dallas out of the draft sweepstakes for Trey Lance or anybody else who possibly could have landed there and uh, and take uh, Dak off the open market. Beyond that, uh, episode three, we'll talk um, well, all over the gamut. Deshaun Watson's the focus, but uh, we should talk a little Russell Wilson talk QB sweepstakes in general. We want to chat about the Falcons, what they're going to do uh, in terms of a successor for, for Matt Ryan. Um, uh, so a lot of topics, a lot to go uh, around the table, around the horn on uh, as free agency approaches us on episode number three of BPP. Mr. Sobleski, Mr. Davenport, um, let's get initial thoughts uh, from you guys on, on Dak and Dallas. Well, first, I wanted to say happy belated Lebowski Day for everyone. That was this past Sunday. I'm sure everyone celebrated appropriately with white Russian, maybe when bowling. I don't know, but I hope you enjoyed it like everyone else on this national holiday. Looking at where the Dallas Cowboys sit. By the way, it's International Women's Day, and you started with that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not being sexist at all. I'm just that much of a dork is what it comes down to. (laughs) Um. Back to Dak Prescott, because I can't segue out of that in any way, what form, shape whatsoever. Looking at where they sit as an organization, Dallas screwed the pooch all the way around, and it's not even in question. They prioritized non-premium positions. They didn't get Dak under contract at a fairly reasonable price. Now he has $75 million up front, which is the highest uh, first-year payout in NFL history. We're talking about a quarterback that's now in the $40 million uh, per year range on average. Uh, it's just it's just a massive blunder by Jerry and Stephen Jones that, that this deal did not get on early, done earlier while they prioritize names like, oh, Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith, Lyle Collins, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper. Now you get to the quarterback. That's about the ass-backwards way of operating a franchise, and somehow Dallas still got something done, even though Dak held all the leverage going into these negotiations. 
Well, they could have, I mean, couldn't we have done this a year ago for significantly less money because the sticking point then was they want that Dak wanted the shorter term deal, which he just got with for way more money. And now the Cowboys, I'm sorry, they're screwed as a Super Bowl contender. As good as Dak Prescott is, and yes, they've got talent on both sides of the ball, but how are they going to add pieces around the players that they already have? for the next several years. Cause like you said, DeMarcus Lawrence hasn't come close to sniffing his salary since they re-upped him. Jalen Smith regressed in a big way last year. We're right back to the Cowboys being among the teams that are gonna be right there at the top of the list of franchises that are in salary cap hell. And that's gonna make it hard for them to become a legitimate contender against teams like, I mean, well, I guess the Rams did some stupid with their quarterback too, but they figured out a way out of it. You got Tampa redoing Tom. They had enough sense to know to pay Tom Brady, but I just don't. Dallas might be the best team in the NFC East in 2021, but does that really matter? I mean, yay, you're the best team in the NFL's worst division. Woo! I'll build real quick on something Gary just said, and this is a report that came out from Adam Schefter, one league source on the Dak Prescott deal, and I quote, you know what this is. This is Jerry Jones tipping off the extraordinary TV deal that is coming. Okay, while that may be true, those deals don't won't kick into 2023. So it's not going to have an immediate effect on spending this offseason. Yes, it could escalate the salary cap to some degree, but they're still going to be borrowing against future years to meet that minimum to pay the 48.8% of the player's portion of uh, the salary cap sharing. So I look, I think it shows that there's something's going to get done. I believe something's going to get done. But the deal unto itself is not a gigantic beacon saying, look, where they're going to be multi-billionaires all over again. So let's sign whatever quarterback we can get to the highest deal possible. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I don't think that's a huge factor in this because it, you don't remember, you're competing against 31 other teams in terms of signing free agents anyway, or, or you know, acquiring talent. So yes, the, the increasing cap in the years to come due to the TV deals will make it easy to keep Dak Zeke, Zach Martin, Teron Smith, Leo Collins, uh, Amari Cooper under on the roster without having to cut guys because you've just you're bleeding, right? But that's it's not just about sustaining yourself right now. This is a team that's won one playoff game since Dak was drafted along with Zeke Elliott in 2016. This wasn't a prime Super Bowl contender to begin with. They had a below average defense last year. They were one in three when Dak got hurt. Everyone talks about how Dak was off to this great start. It was a very prolific start statistically. Uh, Rate-based statistics, not quite as much. Um, And and passing yards hasn't been relevant since we were all about 15 years old. Um, But regardless, they were one in three. They weren't a great team to begin with um and and so just trying to trying to maintain is not enough i wonder though and and gary you mentioned yeah they're not they're not they're probably screwed in terms of super bowl contention unless dak turns the corner in a massive way becomes you know a next level quarterback which he hasn't yet does jerry jones care like this is a business to him it's an entertainment business to him it's always been an entertainment venture to him it's about selling tickets and tv ratings and the dallas cowboys are still continually dominant in that dominant in that category i think jerry jones thinks he's a super bowl winner every year because he's got the most valuable franchise in the nfl and i think that trumps anything for him um i don't know if they necessarily i think they thought it's good to keep this face of the franchise there. It's good to keep Zeke there. It's good to keep these big names who sell jerseys. I think it's more about that than having, you know, said, you know, this doesn't make sense financially. Let's move on. Let's draft a quarterback. Let's bring in Sam Darnold. Let's bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever it might've been. Um, so I question Jerry Jones and Jones family's motives in terms of what they actually want to accomplish here. I question whether they actually think this gives them a much better chance to win a Super Bowl in the years to come, considering the, 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 unbelievable amount of uh of of uh, you know how how much the roster will be hindered in terms of uh, improving in places like the defense like the secondary in particular supporting tank lawrence who hasn't lived up to expectations as you meant so it just feels like a, a colossal mess up but i don't know if jerry jones really cares because ultimately the franchise is still incredibly successful and they just kept one of their uh name brands is there is there a, a front office? I mean, look at the NFC East as a whole, Philly, Washington, the Giants, and Dallas. Is there a front office in that division that is not just an absolute dumpster fire? 
I mean, Howie Roseman, the Eagles obviously are a mess. Don't get me started on Dave Gettleman and, you know, Danny Snyder. There's a shrewd personnel mind if ever there was. I, I went in Rome, I guess. And, and, and sure though. enough, the division's in the dumpster together. But that's that's the edge, right? That's the edge if you're Dallas at this juncture. Dak Prescott gives you the edge in that conference or in that division, excuse me. And that's where I I differentiate differentiate between you two is because I believe Dak is a true franchise quarterback. I believe that they needed to pay him. The mistake wasn't paying him. The mistake was paying him so late in the process and not prioritizing him along the way. So here's the how many thing quarterbacks? About- how many quarterbacks would you take over Dak Prescott? Is Eight it more than ten? Eight or ten. It was. It was just. You know. I think we're. I, I don't necessarily differ from you on on Dak's potential. Like he can win a Super Bowl. He can in the right environment. He's got that ability. Why is that funny? I'm, I'm <laughs> looking at Gary actually oh. counting. Yeah. It's fun to watch Gary count. I'm doing um, math, man. It's he's, using, he's using all fingers too. Maybe so, toes. Uh, we'll see. So, well, this is the one big issue I have with the argument, and we discussed this when I was writing my my column for Bleach Report, is is the, the argument with they should have paid him earlier is the exact opposite of the argument we're making to when we're making fun of the LA Rams and the Philadelphia Eagles for what I they did, did with Carson Wentz. Last week, I'm the one that said that you should consider it early. So I'm consistent here, brother. But it, it's a, it was a mistake there. It could have just as easily become a mistake for Dallas. Like that, that easily can still go in that direction. That as a business, you cannot operate. You have to do what's best for your team moving forward. If you believe he's your franchise quarterback, that's all that matters, man. That's the NFL in the in the, in the just the gist of it. If so you, you think have Philly, that you think the Rams and, and Eagles on, made the right you're decision, fucked, man. That's just the way it is. But but you think the Eagles and Rams made the right even now? You think they made the right decision? Of course not. I I don't have no problem with them making that decision. They got their and they got out of it. So you can't automatically assume the worst when you make those type of deals because you think you have your guy i would be more upset with a team that just hedged its bets constantly instead of committing one way or the other to me that's a very poor way to run an organization punt your quarterback every four years draft a guy once his rookie deal runs out kick him to the curb ain't that honestly it's still a joke it's still a joke and it's still laughed at but guys it's getting ridiculous when you look at it right like aaron Rodgers won his before he got his money russell wilson before he got his money tom brady gave discounts to every one of his champions in new england and practically the one in tampa bay i know he was still rather high cap number but um not top three it's been 25 years since the top three cap hit at that position has been a super bowl champion it's it, I I know that the, the first round of the draft is a crapshoot, but, uh, you know, you take a few swings and then you build with that guy and then maybe you move on after year five or year six, you get the franchise tag in. It just seems like the, the, the hit associated with that 35, 40, $45 million a year salary is just too much and you cannot continually uh, support the quarterback anymore. That's the issue. So, it's let happening me ask consistently. Let me ask a serious question. Would you have not paid Patrick Mahomes? I think I think there are exceptions to every rule, and I think Patrick oh, Mahomes is oh, okay. Well, okay, so Dax Dax been a pro bowler twice. Fail, his best, his best he season was his fail. rookie. He could get hurt. So, he might never play the same way. You're right, but Dax Dax's best season was his rookie season when he shocked the league because he was a fourth round pick. He that was nobody leading had, the NFL had passing, by the way, before he got hurt this year. Yeah, again, passing yardage, but but uh, uh, regardless. Dak's a two-time Pro Bowler in five seasons. He's 28 years old. He's never been a second-team All-Pro, let alone a first-team All-Pro. Never been a thought for an MVP or anything like that. This is Patrick Mahomes, the most accomplished quarterback before the age of 26 in the history of the NFL. So the, I think he is an exception. I don't. I don't necessarily know Deshaun Watson was an exception. I wasn't totally convinced that that was the right move. Like there are very few of these exceptions. I mean, I just listed Aaron Rodgers. As, as an example of a team that just never was quite the same again after they gave their quarterback his big contract. And now we're seeing the same exact thing. Russell no, Wilson's bitching it's about it. He's same literally thing, bitching about Aaron it right Rodgers. That wasn't Aaron Rodgers' fault. It's because they were shitty when they were building their roster. And well, I know, but people because around. the margin for error shrinks when it's you're building your roster. There isn't one. There isn't one, exactly. There isn't a margin for error anymore. You all of a sudden have to be perfect, and nobody, few teams are perfect in terms of and, roster building. Jerry Jones is terrible i mean look at the jerry jones has been giving out bloated contracts veteran players for as long as i can remember i mean dating back to after jimmy johnson left 
They currently have the second highest paid quarterback in the league, the second highest paid running back in the league, the fourth highest paid wide receiver in the league, three of the top 40 highest paid offensive linemen in the league and the sixth highest paid defensive player in the league. This isn't an NBA team. Like Jerry Jones is building it like an NBA super, super team and forgetting about the other 46 guys on his roster. And that's, and you guys know, that's not the way to win in this league. It's just not. Yeah, but look at those guys they pay. Zach Martin, drafted. Lyle Collins, signed after the draft. Ezekiel Elliott, drafted. You know, they, so they, they, actually, had, they actually had a nice run for In a, a while. Cases, yeah, yes, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And that's why they were a semi kid. I mean, Dak Prescott's a, a great draft pick. Right, a fourth round draft pick who's become, we all agree, a top. I don't know if Gary finished counting, but a, a top 10 ish quarterback. In <laughs> no, the yeah, NFL. I put him in the top 10. I was, I came up with maybe five or six guys that I would take ahead of him if you're talking about for the long term as opposed to, you know, just for 2021. Yeah. So, I, I mean, so, so ultimately where we do land is Sobo, good decision. Gary, you would have moved on. No, I think he should have done it a year ago. I don't have oh, a problem okay. with okay. the Cowboys re-upping Prescott. They just completely screwed the progression of the situation in a way that they were going to be in cap trouble regardless because they've handed out so many big contracts. All they did was make it to where they had to hand out an even larger one to keep Prescott happy. And like you said, the margin for error now is invisible in Dallas how, for the next several years. How embarrassing is it? to fight over a guy over five or four years on his deal. The agreement at that time, the general consensus in the media anyway, was it was mid thirties we were looking at in terms of an annual average salary. And then he goes out, has a good four or five games, as you mentioned so well, but suffers a severe injury, which has to be taken into consideration. The salary cap drops because of COVID-19 and you give him more money and his exact terms in terms of the uh, the four year uh, contract a year later. It's it's unbelievably huge How in terms of the size ass? of the L that yeah. Jerry Jones took. But I'll I'll go back to one thing, and I, I think all of us respect um, Paul De Podesta. I know Gary does, and I know Brad. You're you're analytically inclined. What is the one thing that's in the guardrails of of the Cleveland Browns? Identify and pay early even if it's the quarterback position. And in this case, if they identified and paid early, they would have been in a lot better position than they are now. I don't think they're wrong to have paid Dak Prescott, but they certainly went and mismanaged how to get that done in the first place. At the very least, we can agree that they all paid him. They all made a mistake in not paying him last year yeah, they, not, in, in fighting over such a small detail. Which they set the 25 or $30 million on fire. I mean, which is great for Dak. Yeah, Absolutely. Money. Ain't nothing going on but the rent. Um, uh, elsewhere in Texas, the other quarterback, Deshaun Watson, the, the chatter continues to evolve the latest. And there's something to this, not in that I think it's going to happen, but it's just an intriguing thing to throw out there considering the pipeline between Arizona and Houston. And, and it was tossed out there. Um, Kyler Murray? I mean, it, he's not a sure thing yet in Arizona. They just did. Steve Kime just did the, the unprecedented in drafting two quarterbacks in the first round in as many drafts in as many seasons, and then taking Murray only a year after taking a guy in round one and Josh Rosen. Is he wild enough to say, you know what? I'm going to upgrade my quarterback position even more. We got JJ Watt. We're going for it. He's an upgrade period. And, uh, and, and I'll sacrifice the future if it means doing that. And let's win a Super Bowl with, with Houston part deux. Like I know you're shaking your head already. So Gary, you're always making that look, so I can't tell if it's based on what I'm saying or not. Uh, is there any possibility in the world that we end up seeing Deshaun along with DeAndre, along with JJ in Arizona? Hell no. Hell no. And, you know, we can look at, you know, in a vacuum, which one's better. Obviously, we'd be leaning towards Deshaun Watson, but we're not operating in a vacuum and the reason kyler murray went number one overall other than being an extremely talented young man is the fact that he is cliff kingsbury's dream quarterback and the reason i know this is because cliff kingsbury has said that publicly he's the, he's the guy he always wanted in his system that's one that of the, different from deshaun watson that is a big deal how many times do i have to say on social media situation matters situation matters situation matters if your head coach wants a specific individual running his offense because he is believes he's the most adept at doing so then there's no reason to move off of him especially when you're still on a rookie contract there's the magic word right there the rookie deal the financial the money hit you would take is just 
it's an obscene amount of money for the Cardinals to even entertain the notion of once again, just setting on fire to make what is essentially, I mean, even if we think Deshaun Watson is better than Kyler Murray, and that's, I'm not going to argue that it's not like it's some huge step up from Murray to Watson. It's essentially a lateral move. And again, you're butchering your salary cap for the sake of doing it. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's more just an interesting con, you know, a fodder discussion and it's popped up and I, I agree. It's not going, not very likely to happen. Um, Steve Kime is, is giving me the impression that you never know exactly where he might go with things. I also think this is the key because I think actually Arizona, as you make a good point about the match with Murray, Arizona would be more likely to discuss things than Houston, which at this point, the talk is they'll make him sit out the entire season. Um, I mean, where do we land on this? Uh, sometimes I, you think, you know what? He signed on the dotted line, right? And, and you know, you're, you're, those are the consequences of what you make as an adult. When you make a decision, you sign up for all that money. And if you're willing to sit and they're willing to make you sit, sorry, but you got to sit. Um, I can see that side of the argument. Uh, I don't know if that's a good decision by Houston. I think they could end up just in a worse situation next year. But if they, if they wanted to say, listen, we're making a stand here, I, I don't necessarily blame them for that either. If they don't think that their trade uh, return is satisfactory. I look at it in two ways. One, Houston should do everything in their power to mend fences. I don't believe that they can ever get true value for Deshaun Watson. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. But he is a true franchise quarterback and they're going to be in a, be a much worse franchise off with, without him in the lineup. Now, with that said, I have no problem, especially in the NFL with, players trying to force teams hands and this the reason why is it's a one-way street we i I know many and this used to be myself and it's an old school way of thinking you sign that contract you should honor that contract but it doesn't work the same way for teams they can cut your ass anytime they like they can trade your ass anytime they like they can get rid of you anytime they like well if you're not happy with the way they're operating why can't you force their hand into doing something and so that's why as I've gotten older and seen how this league operates, I'm far more lenient towards players trying to get into a better situation when they have been dealt an awful hand. And in this case, Deshaun Watson has absolutely been dealt an awful hand. It's no fault of his own. Bill O'Brien deconstructed that roster. It's in tatters. They have a front office that's not run properly that has – trying to think of a nice way to put it someone at the top that is not well liked cluck thank you <laughs> not well liked within the others within the franchise specifically some of the players and so looking at it i have no problem whatsoever with him demanding a trade i don't think houston does it when it's all said and done but i see why deshaun should want to get out of houston as quickly as possible I think, and this is just speculation on my part, I do not have any kind of inside information that anything like this has happened. I would not be at all surprised if there are other NFL owners who have intimated to Cal McNair that he needs to hold the line here. You can't let the players dictate. And somebody, you're shaking your head. You tell me these owners don't get together and try to consolidate all this power that they have the owners don't conspire against quarterbacks they don't do that it was proven in court when they paid colin kaepernick they don't do that i wasn't sure if the sarcasm was there or not at the beginning uh (laughs) it's there now (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, i agree gary i do think here's the thing though so i agree you know these guys um they don't have it good in terms of leverage very often they don't have this is this isn't financial that's the big difference for me. This he he got his money. It's not like he's they're tagging him every year. They're not Kirk Cousinsing him. So he got his money. It's not quite the situation of like I feel like I'm getting screwed because they're just getting me into year by year, and I never know if I'm going to tear my ACL again, which I did in my rookie season, and all of a sudden it's all going to go to hell. So it's not financial. This is my first point here. My second point is. We all saw what Bill O'Brien was doing to that organization long before Deshaun Watson signed that contract. So did he not, did his agent not, did they not think about maybe making this request a year earlier? What changed this year? I mean, they sucked, but they weren't in great shape to begin with. So it's also sort of like, you know, again, you made that decision. We all were mocking your team when you made that decision and you had to have heard that and had to have seen what O'Brien had done and had to have seen what the front office was. I mean, this front office was, and and this entire organization was, 
was was a mockery for years, dating back to even the way they responded to to the uh, to the kneeling and, and and Colin Kaepernick and all that. So I mean, this is this isn't a first. This wasn't like it just came out of nowhere. So that's why I, I don't I don't know if I have quite as much sympathy for him as I would with a guy who thinks he's getting railroaded financially as a result of a lack of leverage and didn't see anything coming, and they all of a sudden made eight hundred crazy decisions out of nowhere. I think he's. Re- I honestly believe Deshaun Watson has just reached his limit with the Texans as an organization for several reasons. You know, the lack of input in the head coaching hire and the general manager hire. And, you know, there's the racial stuff with Cal McNair in Houston. Like you said, his reaction to the kneeling and his comments about that, that got him in hot water. I think it's just one thing stacked on top of another, stacked on top of another. With each passing day, I become less sure how this is going to turn out. You know, if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, I'd have figured at some point someone's going to make use of an offer they can't refuse and they're going to move. Now, I honestly don't know. And to imagine the idea of Watson sitting out the entire 2021 season, you can't rule it out, at least not now. You you can't. But and what, what is uh, what I expected? You said, Gary, that you imagine someone might have made an offer they couldn't refuse. I honestly am shocked that I haven't just all of a sudden seen that report that they mended the fences, like that, that somebody finally reached out. He finally was satisfied that you think it would just take a nice solid sit down meeting and them just saying, listen, we're going to give you this and give you this and give you a say in this. And I mean, he seems like a reasonable guy, Deshaun Watson. Um, I don't know if there's any reasonable folks within that front office, but they've made some changes. So uh, it's really tough to get a beat on that, but I, I really expected that, that to be the case. I'm guessing that David Colley, the new head coach, has made an effort to try to get a sit down with Deshaun Watson yeah. and mend those fences. At this point, though, how amenable is Deshaun to even having that conversation? Or is he just, no, this is it. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm not playing football for the Houston Texans anymore. That's been the report so far that we've it's seen, right? Crazy. What, wasn't he crazy. supposed to have met Colley last yeah. week? Yeah, they met apparently, and it still was the yeah. same deal. Now things things can change, right? It's surprising though, because you know, every indication of, of Coach Cully is he is top notch, respected right, around the pro. league. Absolutely, pros pro. And even when he was in college, he was known what was he known for? His ability to recruit. So you would think that he would be the one guy that would be capable of bringing Watson back. But if Deshaun goes into those meetings and says, Look, I'm not I'm not here to listen. I showed up out as as a courtesy, I still want traded. There's not much you can do from that. That's what makes it so weird because he knew who Cal McNair was. He knew who Jack Easterby was before he got into this mess. So the only big change is really O'Brien being replaced by Cully. And like, that shouldn't be, as you guys say, a reason to want the trades. I guess the key is here. None of us know there hasn't been much from Watson aside from the reports. We've heard that he's not amenable. Um, and, and we don't know what kind of overtures they still might make in the coming weeks or months ahead of the draft or even beyond the draft in terms of trying to make this, uh, make this right again. So uh, there's one other quarterback though, even bigger name than, than arguably Watson and, and Prescott, Russell Wilson. It's not going away. Traded, not traded. I'm guessing we're leaning not traded. I, I think it's in Seattle's best interest to not get trade. I, I know that's, it's obvious. So, Excuse me for being Captain Obvious here, but look, I the, the ass backwards way that Russell Wilson went about requesting a trade by not requesting a trade and just saying where the preferences he might like to be traded still sticks in my craw a little bit. I mean, if you want to be traded, just come out and say it, or work the media to know that you want to be traded. Don't don't try to half-ass it along the way and say, "Well, I want to be here." But if you want to trade me, maybe I'll go there. Don't be that guy, man. And, and I know Russell's a little weird when it comes to public perception, and I understand all that. But he has built something in Seattle. I think he's built a lot of uh, some gravitas with that organization to the point where if you're making me, you're making me choose, I'm taking the quarterback over Pete Carroll every single day. I think you can't. It's more difficult to replace Russell Wilson because, I mean. We've gone from a point where he was the consensus MVP in the league to where things started to crumble a little bit in Seattle. He wasn't playing as well, and now he wants out. That's a gigantic leap in a very short amount of time, relatively speaking. And so 
Seattle can do what it should do, and that's build around him properly. He he has a point about being protected. Yes, he holds the ball a long time, but he's also under a lot of duress because they have never, aside from Dwayne Brown, essentially really built that offensive line. He has some weapons now. They have no running backs basically under contract. So there's a lot of happy, and that really should be the goal. That should be the goal of so many teams this offseason. Build around their quarterback. Make them happy. That's the whole point. Yeah, clear up, which they're already working on clearing up cap space with the release of Carlos Dunlap, although that creates another problem for Seattle and that they're going to have to figure out someone to rush the passer who's not named Jamal Adams. It's a little weird when your best your best pass rusher by leaps and bounds is a strong safety. Improve the offensive line. I mean, the running back problem, you can solve that easily enough in the draft. That's piece of cake. But just get that line better. And then, of course, Russell Wilson, when he goes in that locker room next summer, he's going to have some fences of his own to mend with those offensive linemen that he threw under the bus publicly. But, yeah, you got to – I don't believe – I don't think there's a team that's going to come along and give Seattle an offer that's so good that they're going to be willing to eat. Because even if they were to go with a post-June 1st trade, which would be hard to pull off given that – you're doing it after the draft. I just can't see them eating that cap hit because the moment they trade Russell Wilson, they're hitting the reset button on the franchise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That's it. You're rebuilding essentially from the ground up. So that leads me to Chicago because the the Bears are probably, if not the most desperate, one of the most desperate teams in terms of the quarterback sweepstakes. Mike Brez, our producer, is uh, currently using the chat to um, seemingly take shots at Russell Wilson, uh, maybe because he thinks that's not, not the solution. We'll have to get his take if he's here because um, – Peter King writes in, in Football Morning in America, I've, I've thought for some time the Bears will be left out of the prime quarterback sweepstakes. Chicago's holding the 52nd, 83rd overall picks, um, blah, 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 blah. The point is he's, he, he thinks that they're going to be the kind of the team left um, holding nothing but Nick Foles in its hands at the end of this whole process. And, um, you know, we spoke to Brez before we went on air and, and like the name Gardner Minshew was thrown out there, which really indicates the level of desperation we've reached um, in terms of the Bears quarterback situation. I, I mean, I don't think Russell Wilson, I don't think they have the trade chips for Russell Wilson. That's been a popular connection that's been made in the media. Um, I don't know if they have the trade chips for frankly, any of the quarterbacks um, that we've discussed aside from maybe the Minshews or the Sam Darnolds of the world, it's different level possibly. So um, is Nick Foles their starting quarterback Week one next year, and, and Brez, if you're uh, if you're tuning in, then feel free to weigh in and, and tear us apart as well. This is absolutely not. It's it, the moment that day one, if he's your starting quarterback, Nagy and Pace are better off just packing up their boxes and leaving Hallis Hall. There's no sense in even sticking around. You might as well just fire yourself instantly because you already have. They will swing and swing hard. And McCaskey has already said that he there's certain trades out there that he'll throw everything to. Then you say, okay, well, they, do they have enough? It, you, there's a way to trade for first if you really want to. There is a way to move Khalil Mack. There's a way to move Cody White here where it only costs Seattle $6 million. They need a center guard like you know, it's out of sight. They have Jalen Johnson that they would have high value for. And they also have Montgomery. Well, the whole reason why this 
uh, Wilson falling out with Pete thing is over running the ball. So there's your running back. There's your center. There's your elite edge. And they can get three firsts, maybe four firsts. You're going to sit here and tell me that four firsts, Mac, Whitehair, and David Montgomery on a June 1st trade doesn't get the deal done? Yeah, but then what's left? <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the problem. Is it worth it in your mind? First, let's look back at Chicago's first round draft picks. You talk about four. How could you give all that away? 2018, Roquan Smith. Would I add that into the trade? Sure. Mitchell Trubisky, number two overall in 17. Yes, I would. Leonard Floyd, not on the team anymore, number nine overall. Yes, I would. Kevin White, give me a break, number seven overall in 15. Yes, I would. 2014, Kyle Fuller is the last free, uh, first round pick that's on the team at number 14 overall. Yes, I would trade all five of those guys in an instant for russell wilson i mean what's four future first round picks really mean in chicago gabe karimi shay mcclellan kyle long kyle fuller kevin white leonard floyd mitchell Trubisky, roquan smith you give all that more for them so it's better to strike the deal for a franchise quarterback and you could still go into free agency and as you looked at this market the, the edge is actually pretty deep this year Shaq Barrett is sitting out there. You could sign him to a backloaded contract and throw a ton of money at him and replace Mac production-wise. Then you're you're talking about having close to the same defense. And James Daniel is coming back after injury. So there's a log jam for Chicago at the center guard position. So it's either Daniels goes, which he could go to Seattle, or it's Whitehair. But you, you save more cap. If you move Mac, you save $17 million. You can really take a swing. You, you change Quinn's contract a little bit. You trade change Eddie Jackson's contract a little bit. The Bears could open up $50 million if they really wanted to, and they got into this trade. Once they brought Wilson over here, they could put his cap at $5 million for 21. They, they can make so many moves as they really wanted to. They're just going to have to pay to do it. This is how badly Bears fans want a quarterback. This is yeah. how, <laughs> how long they've been in the desert at that position. <laughs> <laughs> so this this sort of goes back to our initial conversation about paying a quarterback or putting all your eggs in that one quarterback basket is like and obviously the way Brez laid it out there is that's like this is going for it now or never because all of a sudden that Shaq Barrett contract that hypothetical Barrett contract then that that backload catches up to you and then Russell's Russell's contract takes off even more in the years to come and and so you're re realistically you're in hell in a couple of years but you're also in hell with Khalil Mack currently aging he's not going he's potentially at his peak or beyond it right now so i can you can argue that if that's the the strategy if, if Nagy and, and 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 ryan pace are saying we're going for it oh 2021 or bust 2022 at the latest or bust um then you make some you know all or nothing offer for a guy like russell wilson the reality is that's the offer it's going to take though right i mean i don't think that russell wilson is going for any less than deshaun watson and we were talking about three or even four first round picks for that is, is anyone doing that no no they're not because you're you're corrupting your long-term fees you know viability and hopes but if you're losing your job anyway if you're matt well, Nagy, or if you're ryan pace in particular that's such a short-sighted way to operate it really is and it, it's just as bad as what bill o'brien did it really is and I understand wanting the quarterback, and you can pay almost anything for a true franchise quarterback. I'm not arguing against that. But at the same time, you have to leave yourself some assets to build around him because otherwise you're just repeating the same cycle of suck that led you to getting him in the first place. And so that's the, that's the problem. So You just, you just got to see it from the Bears' perspective or Bears' fandom perspective. Mike, they never had one. Mike, ever. I'm in Ohio. And I've been following the Browns since I was a kid. Believe me, I understand what shitty quarterback play. Hey, you, the worst. Th don't the worst throw thing the on Benny Testaverde now. Come on. <laughs> the worst hey, Bernie Kosar could play now. <laughs> the Bears. The Bears somehow snuck into the playoffs with this late season run, and it might have killed their chances of finding one in the draft instead and and was it worth it to get that one playoff game i mean right. you can't lose to try to win man you gotta and i know everyone oh, that's you a guys, good solo brad debate yeah yeah i know you guys are gonna get on that but you know here's what i was sending to you in the chat zero mvp votes for wilson no first team pro 
all pro ever. Now you both know that he's MVP caliber type of he's going to go in the hall of fame. Probably maybe, you know, we always say probably he should be at this point in his juncture in his career where it's a slam dunk. But when you start looking at this and you sit down on the hall of fame table and everything like that, you're going to say, okay, he's never been a first team all pro and he's never got a single MVP vote. I'm not saying an MVP year. He hasn't got a vote. You don't think Russell Wilson is like, I can't do this anymore. I've been here for nine years and I haven't even got a single MVP vote. I've never been an all pro. Yeah. Oh, there's a reason why Chicago was on that alleged list of four teams that Wilson's willing to play for. I mean, if he goes there and leads the Bears you know, on a deep playoff run, it didn't even necessarily have to be to a Super Bowl, although that would be great. His not that Russell Wilson isn't already one of the most well-known quarterbacks in the NFL, but you're doing it in a city like Chicago as opposed to Seattle would be a whole different level. That's exactly. that list of teams that he gave you. You could tell it was as much about building his brand as it was about winning football games. Exactly. If you found this podcast by happenstance or because Sobo, myself, Gary, Brez, or one of us was hassling you to listen to it, please hit the subscribe button, share it, subscribe, subscribe on whatever app you're listening to, maybe multiple apps, just download all of the apps and subscribe to the podcast uh, so that you get our uh, really Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, kind of that's when we're rolling these out and uh, you'll get a lot more uh, infighting and uh, you know, free agency is coming up. So that's going to get even more foul uh, beer plug. Uh, I saw you drinking it. So you're done, I assume. Well, since we had to wait for you so long to start recording, I, mm. my glass is empty. My wonderful Big Lebowski glass when I went to the Dudathon in Columbus, Ohio. I was drinking the Strongman Milk Stout. I mean, look at that can art. How beautiful is that? I mean, he's lifting a thousand pounds over his head. That is realistic. I'm sure that is, you know, historically accurate. The, can, the, the beer itself was actually delicious. It was a... Um, coffee milk stout and i'm not a big coffee fan i've literally never drank a cup of coffee in my life but i can drink coffee stouts all day long and the milk stout aspect of it added a creaminess that i absolutely loved i know you guys hate dark beers and make fun of me constantly but they're so delicious they're so layered they're so wonderful and the higher abvs certainly make it a much better beverage than whatever you have and are currently partaking in there brady well, that's the thing. I you talk about you getting made fun of for your beer preferences, and then I hold up an organic, uh, light lager. Oh. From now, <laughs> this is Mill Street. Mill Street is actually a great uh, a beer, uh, a great brewer here in in Toronto, and they produce a ton of different stuff. But uh, this is their organic, which is actually like really quite popular in Canada, not just because it's organic and we're weirdos, but it, it's pretty good for an organic beer. And I'm not one of those guys. I, I'll I'll get those craft beers that I have no goddamn idea what is inside when i'm drinking and and no one no one does no one does sometimes and uh and i love those too but i happen to have i popped an organic last minute and and, and mill street is uh like i say a really solid uh, uh brewery here in uh in toronto gareth uh, does, does it go coffee. well does it go well with tofu uh I, i'm thinking of just putting it straight into the can just to see the infused you've never had tofu infused tofu infused beer He's going to have an, an organic beer, some nice kale, and then he's going to hit the Peloton. <laughs> yeah, I got myself into trouble with that one last week already. So, um, all right, we're, we're doing we're doing the quarterback edition. The final topic uh, I wanted to bring up is, uh, is uh, the new GM there in Atlanta basically saying we're bringing in a quarterback one way or the other. Guys, I put – I gave them – I think it was Fields or Wilson or one of the non-Trevor Lawrence quarterbacks in my mock draft, and fans ripped me to shreds, the Falcons fans. Why the hell would we draft a quarterback who got Matt Ryan? He was the MVP half a decade ago. Um, I got ripped. Uh, I think it's very, very um, expected almost for them to go that route, to find that successor right now so that he can relieve Ryan in a couple years. You think that was bad, Brad? I wrote ideal fits for the free agent quarterbacks coming out. And I had Mitchell Trubisky going to Atlanta. Oh boy. <laughs> Falcons fans weren't happy with that. But then again, most of them didn't seem to have the cranial capacity to understand that I didn't have them <laughs> signing him as a starter, you know, as a backup because they don't have one on the roster currently. 
And their new new offensive coordinator is Dave Ragone, who, by the way, was Mitchell Trubisky's quarterbacks coach in Chicago. So it's the ties to bind, baby. And that's why when you look at it, considering Arthur Smith as the head coach, the reclamation project he had with Ryan Tannehill, Terry Fontenot coming from New Orleans, who has is famously successful with another reclamation project and Drew Brees and then also signed Teddy Bridgewater, then also signed Jameis Winston. Yeah, I'm I'm nuts for thinking Mitchell Trubisky could land there. But that's neither here nor there because the point isn't that Trubisky should step in and be the guy in Atlanta. He's just someone that can add depth to the position, which I believe Fontenot was referencing when it came to that quote. But I agree with you on one point. When you're sitting there at number four and you're in position with this year's quarterback class to select a top tier free agent, or, uh, excuse me, prospect, then it's time to invest in one. And because when you look at Matt Ryan's contract, yes, it, it looks overbearing and almost unmanageable. But if he's part of the June one designation with a trade, they can actually save twenty three million dollars. Now you have to have the foresight of investing in that position and hoping he holds, still holds value later this summer. But at that time, if you draft a Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, or who I believe is the best fit for Atlanta, which would be Trey Lance out of North North Dakota State, I think they'd be well set up long-term at that position and not have to really worry about Matt Ryan and see what he has left at what's soon to be 36 years old. I think about the only way they don't draft a quarterback at four is if another team comes along and wants to move up and is willing to give them a lot. To do so otherwise i'm in complete agreement with you guys i mean you don't if you've got ryan there if you can you can either like you said deal him to somebody else you know, get chicago on the horn <laughs> or you keep him around you keep him around for one more year and assuming that the wheels don't completely fall off he's going to have value in 2022 as well and you'll have your rookie in place it's just the atlanta falcons are a team they hope that's going to have that opportunity to draft in the top five very often. So when you get that shot and you have a quarterback class where, you know, there are some people that have Wilson higher, other people would have fields higher. Sobo's got Trey Lance is a good fit for Atlanta. There's not a huge gap separating those guys. There's not even necessarily a huge gap separating those guys from Trevor Lawrence. You strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, the, the, the idea Brest threw out there, which which has some merit to it also, is that, you know, if this is smoke, if this is them saying, just, you know, we might do it. So if you're Carolina, um, you know, or, or you're any other quarterback starved team in, you know, 5 to 20 range, this pick is for sale because it could be a quarterback. Don't think he's, you know, that one of those four or five is necessarily going to fall. It's entirely possible that they go quarterback, 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 quarterback right off the bat, especially if Miami trades out of his pick. So um, it, it might be posturing. There's really no reason for a GM to really come out and say what he said. Um, maybe that's because he's a first time GM and he's just being honest, which is nice and refreshing. And we appreciate that as media people, but it's also entirely possible that it is a strategic statement to an extent. Well, the only Question. thing you look at, though, right? They they don't yeah. they only have one quarterback on the roster. One, I mean, him by him saying that doesn't necessarily equate to them saying I'm trading Matt Ryan as soon as yeah. I possibly can. It's not so. as dramatic as yeah, and, but that one that one quarterback has to be said that one quarterback on their roster has not been overly good. Has not been much better than average since that MVP season. Ever since the biggest choke job in Super Bowl history, he has been okay. And, and for a lot of money. And Julio Jones isn't quite the same player he used to be either. Um, so they're, they're, I mean, again, it's kind of like goes back to the Dallas conversation where you need to get better to contend. And I just don't see Atlanta getting better right now. I see them, if anything, getting worse. And it's, uh, I think they realize that. that how many quarterbacks do you guys happen. think? How many quarterbacks do you guys think are going to go in the top 10 this year? I think at five. least four, maybe five. Five. Well, the Mac Jones rise makes you think, and then but then Trey Lance is dropping. Like it's you, you'll we'll read these stocks all the way until the day of. But uh, I mean, yeah, the the fact that Mac Jones could be a top ten pick all of a sudden, <laughs> um, yeah, that that makes me think he could get four, and and five is possible. Have we ever had five? We've had four, and and then Lamar went later in round one. 
right? Five would be a record in the top 10. And if you get four in the top four or, you know, in sequential order, if they trade out the Jets or take a quarterback and then Miami trading out or take a quarterback, that'd be a first as well. We've never seen it. But it's it's not just about talent. It's a legit class. I mean, there's these guys are quality quarterback prospects. But at the same time, the demand is so great. You mentioned Chicago because we already know they're trading four first-round picks. Mike's already told us that <laughs> they're going to trade up. The other thing is you have Washington. that We didn't even bring them up earlier in our conversation. They're that other team that's just kind of sitting out there that's not in a good position to get a quarterback at all. And Carolina, are the, how aggressive are they going to be? New England, they got to do something at quarterback, and they sit at 15, and you're kind of on the outside looking in. And then throwing the wild card to the San Francisco 49ers. Do they make that move finally after Denver. so much smoke around Jimmy Garoppolo? You got Denver yeah. sitting at what, nine? Correct. And the crazy thing is, it could be five. Like you say, Stubbo, two of them will be complete busts. Mm-hmm. At least. It's, it's That's what's so amazing about it. Like two or three of these guys will just never pan out. And I remember, remember coming out of that draft a couple years ago and thinking – no, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, they're going to pan out, and I'm not sure about the other guy. And that's why I'm not the best in the world at what I do. <laughs> I'm just not. What I'm hearing that Brad just said, folks out there listening, is he said Trevor Lawrence is a bum, mm. and he's going to be terrible. Sounds about so, right. That's um, at Brad Daniel on Twitter. No, there's but there's uh, they there's can't another spell dude. First they of all, can't spell, they probably can't spell my last name. Second of all, there's a dude who, who took that, who has the, I have the underscore in between my names. So that guy gets a lot of chirping, the Brad Gagnon with no underscore. He's also a Canadian, <laughs> poor, poor guy. He's a Canadian guy who just gets torn apart. He, he sometimes forwards me some of his shit. Um, speaking of shit, uh, my parting shot for this this podcast is I, I hate the uh, fact that the over, NFL overtime rules are continually up for debate every offseason. I'm sick of this discussion. Give both teams one possession, whether touchdown, field goal, whatever. One possession each, game over. It's really not that complicated, in my opinion. It's not going to add that many more hits and that many more snaps and plays to the to every game if you do it. The, the idea of going back to, to sudden death seems insane to me. And frankly, as, as much as I'm outside the box kind of guy, this idea of picking the field uh, position and the other team picking whether they're going offense and de- of, or defense seems a little bit hokey and a little bit silly to me as well. I'm just sick of hearing it. Let's just make this simple. I'll just riff off Brad. Don't change it. I'm sick of hearing about it as well. Sudden death's fine. Play defense for Christ's sakes. It's part of the game. That is a very Sobo answer. I like it. Can we get? Can we change the onside kick rule though? Because I want that fourth and what was it? Fourth and fifteen from your own twenty-five yard line, and if awesome. you get it, that's first. Yes, that Sobo. is a rule that should be changed. Sobo, you hate it, don't you? You hate it. No, you know what? I honest to God, what really bothers me? Why do we not have a sky judge? Seriously, that we can agree on that. I mean, it worked. I, I understand it's at lower levels with the AAF and XFL and things like that. But it's such a great and elegant solution to all the issues that we see on Sunday that can resolve the way the game is played and officiated. And yet the NFL is being so damn stubborn about it. And I don't I don't understand why we are going to have several wonderfully quiet and slow months to just rage on about that. In the meantime, free agency is just a week away and we'll rage about that in a week for Mike Brez, our producer, Brent Sobleski, our smart guy and Gary Davenport, our funny guy. I'm Brad Gagnon. No underscore in the uh, in the Twitter <laughs> handle. See you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.